Welcome to the Spirit Spot. My name is Raina Shea Broussard, and it's my hope to help guide you into your Spirit Spot, even if just for a few moments out of your day. I invite you to set aside whatever you have before you, if you're able, and we'll begin with three conscious breaths. Breathe in through your nose, slowly, evenly, deeply, filling your belly, and breathe out through your mouth, emptying your belly. And breathe in, and breathe out. Breathe in, and breathe out. Our touchstone for today is impermanence. I think about the beautiful sand art that Tibetan Buddhists often create. They use colored sand to make beautiful mandalas, which can take many hours to create, only to destroy them at the end. This, I think, is an ultimate demonstration of the principle of impermanence. Our reading today comes from the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying by Sogyal Rinpoche. One of the chief reasons we have so much anguish and difficulty facing death is that we ignore the truth of impermanence. We so desperately want everything to continue as it is that we have to believe that things will always stay the same. But this is only make-believe. And as we so often discover, belief has little or nothing to do with reality. This make-believe, with its misinformation, ideas, and assumptions, is the rickety foundation on which we construct our lives. No matter how much the truth keeps interrupting, we prefer to go on trying, with hopeless bravado, to keep up our pretense. In our minds, changes always equal loss and suffering, and if they come, we try to anesthetize ourselves as far as possible. We assume stubbornly and unquestioningly that permanence provides security and impermanence does not. But, in fact, impermanence is like some of the people we meet in life, difficult and disturbing at first, but on deeper acquaintance, far friendlier and less unnerving than we could have imagined. Reflect on this. The realization of impermanence is paradoxically the only thing we can hold on to, perhaps our only lasting possession. It is like the sky or the earth. No matter how much everything around us may change or collapse, they endure. Say we go through a shattering emotional crisis. Our whole life seems to be disintegrating. Our husband or wife suddenly leaves us without warning. The earth is still there. The sky is still there. Of course, even the earth trembles now and again, 
just to remind us we cannot take anything for granted. Whenever we lose our perspective or fall prey to laziness, reflecting on death and impermanence shakes us back into the truth. What is born will die. What has been gathered will be dispersed. What has been accumulated will be exhausted. What has been built up will collapse. And what has been high will be brought low. The whole universe, scientists now tell us, is nothing but change, activity, and process, a totality of flux that is the ground of all things. Every subatomic interaction consists of the annihilation of the original particles and the creation of new subatomic particles. The subatomic world is a continual dance of creation and annihilation, of mass changing into energy and energy changing to mass. Transient forms sparkle in and out of existence, creating a never-ending, forever newly created reality. What is our life but this dance of transient forms? Isn't everything always changing? The leaves on the trees in the park, the light in your room as you read, the seasons, the weather, the time of day, the people passing you in the street. And what about us? Doesn't everything we have done in the past seem like a dream now? The friends we grew up with, the childhood haunts, those views and opinions we once held with such single-minded passion. We have left them all behind. When I was a child in Tibet, I heard the story of Krisha Gotami, a young woman who had the good fortune to live at the time of the Buddha. When her firstborn child was about a year old, it fell ill and died. Grief-stricken and clutching its little body, Krisha Gotami roamed the streets, begging anyone she met for a medicine that could restore her child to life. Some ignored her, some laughed at her, some thought she was mad. But finally she met a wise man who told her that the only person in the world who could perform the miracle she was looking for was the Buddha. So she went to the Buddha, laid the body of her child at his feet, and told him her story. The Buddha listened with infinite compassion. Then he said gently, There is only one way to heal your affliction. Go down to the city and bring me back a mustard seed from any house in which there has never been a death. Krisha Gotami felt elated and set off at once for the city. She stopped at the first house she saw and said, I have been told by the Buddha to fetch a mustard seed from a house that has never known death. Many people have died in this house, she was told. She went on to the next house. There have been countless deaths in our family, they said. And so to a third and a fourth house, until she had been all round the city and realized the Buddha's condition could not be fulfilled. She took the body of her child to the charnel ground 
and said goodbye to him for the last time, then returned to the Buddha. Did you bring the mustard seed? he asked. No, she said. I am beginning to understand the lesson you are trying to teach me. Grief made me blind, and I thought that only I had suffered at the hands of death. Why have you come back? asked the Buddha. To ask you to teach me the truth, she replied, of what death is, what might lie behind and beyond death, and what in me, if anything, will not die. The Buddha began to teach her, If you want to know the truth of life and death, you must reflect continually on this. There is only one law in the universe that never changes, that all things change, and that all things are impermanent. Sometimes when I teach these things, a person will come up to me afterward and say, All this seems obvious. I've always known it. Tell me something new. I say to him or her, Have you actually understood and realized the truth of impermanence? Have you so integrated it with your every thought, breath, and movement that your life has been transformed? Ask yourself these two questions. Do I remember at every moment that I am dying, and everyone and everything else is, and so treat all beings at all times with compassion? Has my understanding of death and impermanence become so keen and so urgent that I am devoting every second to the pursuit of enlightenment? If you can answer yes to both of these, then you have really understood impermanence. Again, our touchstone for today is impermanence. I invite you to pause several times throughout your day for three conscious breaths and to reflect on the impermanence of all things and of your life in particular. And may you create a great day.